0: Good morning everyone happy Palm Sunday we're gonna stand and we're gonna sing Hosanna which means God saves us and he doesn't just save us from, from people he saves our souls
1: Turn to you In your kingdom Broken lies
0: are new You make all things new Cause when we see you Cause when we see you We find strength to face the day
2: Welcome, welcome to Chapel Grace. We're so happy to see you guys. Um, I just wanted to go over a few quick announcements. Um, next Sunday, obviously, is Easter Sunday, so I hope you will all be here to celebrate our Risen Lord next uh, next Sunday. Um, and then um, at six o'clock, we're going to have a sunrise service, which will be at the amphitheater theater over across from the middle school. Um, And we'll be coming together and celebrating and having our sunrise service. Um, And there will be some coffee and, I think, hot chocolate and donuts and stuff afterwards. So come out for that. Um, And then the following Sunday on April 24th, we do have a quarterly business meeting that will be following um, the morning service. So um, if you're a member, make sure you're here for that. Um, And then... Um, also, um, don't forget tonight at 6 o'clock, um, we'll be coming together. We've been reading through the book of Acts together as a church. Um, so we'd love to have you come back um, tonight so we can just kind of dive in a little bit deeper. And I think we're only on chapter 14 now, something like that. <laughs> but we're digging in deep. We're really studying the, the um, book of Acts, so that's great. Um, And then also, everybody who came out um, yesterday for the car wash and the fundraiser, thank you guys for that. That was, it was awesome. Yeah. When you pull up and there's a line wrapping around for people waiting for car washes, I thought, this is going to be good. So it was great. Of course, I think the wind blew the dirt all over my car, so you guys have to have another one, because now my car's dirty again. (laughs) Um, I know I walked out this morning and I'm like, oh, man, <laughs> dirt. Um, so, But anyway, um, we just wanted to invite you guys to all of that. And then don't forget, um, if you have a comment or a decision that's made, or maybe it's your first time here and you're just visiting, um, we have these Connect cards that are in the pews in front of you. Um, make sure you fill one of those out. Um, we would love to get to know you if you're, if you're new, um, welcome you here. Um, you can either drop these in the tithes and offering box in the back, um, or you can bring them to, me, um, to one of us at the welcome table, because we'd love to welcome you, like I said, if it's your first time. Um, and then also for um, your tithes and offerings, again, we have the, the box there in the back. Um, or you can text to give, um, we have that information on here, or you can download the tithely app. Those are just ways that you can, um, tithe. So, um, anyway, we would love to just continue to worship our Lord and have a wonderful day. Thank you. I'm
0: going to start off by reading a Psalm, Psalm 118, starting in verse 21. This is King David, and he's speaking of the Messiah, he's speaking of the Savior to come. I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Save us, we pray, O Lord. O Lord, we pray, give us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. Let's stand. Let's worship worship our Savior.
1: alone,
2: where is
1: our only confidence that our souls to him belong, who holds our days within his hand? What comes apart from his command? And what will keep us to the end? The love of Christ in which we stand. Above the stormy tribe, who sends the waves that bring a sign unto the the grave, unto the grave what shall we sing, Christ he lives, Christ he lives, and what reward will heaven bring, everlasting life within, there we will run to meet the Lord, then sin and death will be destroyed. Christ is a
0: In Christ, our Messiah. He truly is our hope in this life, and He's our hope that when we die, we will rise with Him. Thank you that our forgiveness and our salvation is secure. If we ever question Your love, if we ever question Your power, we can look to the cross. And we know that everything that Jesus said is true because He, he proved it. He Declared it when you rose from the dead. You are great, God. You are great. Oh,
1: Lord, my.
3: Appreciate that. How's everybody today? I wasn't ready to come up, I was ready to sing some more, and he's like, hey, come on up. I'm like, oh, okay. So it's Palm Sunday. Obviously, you can see all the palm tree leaves everywhere and see the signs and all that stuff, but it's a bigger deal than just palm tree leaves, you know. It's a lot that happens on this day. It's the build-up for coming for Easter next Sunday. Um, this is the beginning of the Passion Week, you know, the, the Passion and all this stuff that happens. Jesus enters Jerusalem today uh and it's just on this traditionally as we celebrate on this day and so it's going to be a, it's a pretty big deal but as i was preparing for it for the week i i uh had a few blocks you know i don't know what it was and it was just like trying to consider and figure out what am i supposed to say that people haven't already heard on every single palm sunday you know how many palm sundays i, I can't even tell you how many i preached and probably preached some of the similar things and some of the stuff i say will probably be the same things i say again next year because you, know, you keep it in context, and you want to talk about what it means. But So I'm not, I tried to uh, kind of come up with a little different, but I don't know if, if, well, you can tell me if I'm successful or not. I have no idea. I never know. Everybody, Kelly asked me, how do you think you did sometimes? I'm like, I don't know. I was up there. I don't know. How did I do? I don't have any clue. But, uh, well, let's, let's go ahead and pray, and uh, let's talk to our Savior and uh, thank him for what he's done for us and just ask him to be with us for the rest of the service and into the rest of the day and all that. So, Father, I just want to thank you for this day. You are amazing. Thank you for Jesus. Jesus, thank you for dying for us on a cross. But before that, you did a whole lot of other things. And it led up to an incredible week. And, and some people had some, some wrong thoughts maybe, or kind of thought differently about who you were. Lord, may we not be those people. May we not think differently about who you are. May we think about exactly who you are, and that's Lord and Savior. And God, uh, as we prepare to take this week on, and as we think about everything that happened in those days, Lord, I pray that, we, that uh, what's going on wouldn't be lost in the midst of our crazy lives. I can just get crazy. This is the week off for the schools, and there's a lot of things going on, and a lot of people may be going away, or going to see family, and Lord, just things get convoluted, and just things get mixed into this, this holiday that really have nothing to do with you, Jesus. And so, Father, I pray that we would continue to serve and, 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 uh, and look to Jesus and worship him on this, on this week and, and focus on him. And even more importantly this morning, Father, I pray that you would empty all of us of ourselves, fill us with you, so that the very words you speak are straight from you. The, the very words that we hear are straight from you, I mean. Lord, uh, erase any pressures, problems, situations, pains, circumstances, whatever, erase them from our hearts and our minds right now, and just fill us with your Holy Spirit, fill us all the way to the top, and give us something today through your word. I pray for all those who weren't able to make it here today for various reasons, either sick or traveling or whatever, I'd be with all of them, and I pray for all those who are watching online right now too as well and uh lord we just love you so much we praise you in jesus precious name we pray and we all say amen Amen. who's ever been to mcfarland anybody ever been to mcfarland before like you have like i was there like once just this past week it's a good friend of mine a pastor friend of mine that started a church in mcfarland and he kept talking about how small mcfarland was and yeah mcfarland was small but i'm thinking five minutes either way guy you can go to just about anything you want we got to drive 45 minutes to get to something but McFarland is, is a pretty neat place. He just it's a church, a CrossPoint Church, is and it's, I just would like you to pray. It's CrossPoint. I would like you to pray for my friend Bobby. He's they're going through some things out there in uh, McFarland, and just if you wouldn't mind praying for Bobby Bobby Sharp, Pastor Bobby, that's what I call him. Uh, I just got to go see him this week, and we spent some time together, and uh, super guy. I mean, he's he's a really good friend, and uh, he's he's a really good guy to talk to. I hope all of you guys have somebody like that in your lives that you can go to on a daily basis or weekly basis or minute, minute to minute, right? Who knows? I could call him at any moment and he'd be there for me and vice versa. I'd be there for him as well. So I'm just saying that because, you know, family's important. And Palm Sunday is one of those days that sometimes people come to this and they bring their families, when they, you know, and mostly Easter, though. Easter and Christmas is when we see people that bring their whole families or families come into town together or whatever. But Palm Sunday is a day that really is important. And, you know, it, it says in Luke chapter 19... Uh, 28 to 44, that as Jesus, he's entering Jerusalem with his disciples in the observance of the the Jewish Passover. So he's, he's going into Jerusalem for that, and it's an important thing to understand why he's there, because sometimes we forget about what Passover is. That's a pretty big deal. You see, in case you had forgotten, they, uh, it was a time in, when the Israelites were captive and were slaves, and the pharaohs were forcing them to work, you know, and it was a pretty bad time, and then the Bible describes that it was, a, it was not only bondage, but that they were going to be able to have some deliverance from this. I mean, so they they were in bondage, but they also had, you know, some 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 deliverance they were promised at. And so we know that God sent Moses, and then Moses did his stuff and uh, was supposed to deliver his people out of bondage. And he, even Moses got prepared before he could even do that. Moses had to be sent away and, you know, and, and do some things and get ready for it. But he uh, God sent some plagues upon the upon the land. Uh, I'm not going to go through all the plagues. That's not what my message is about. But today, the Passover one is the one that I want to talk about. That's where uh, God said, I'm, gonna, "I'm going to kill every one of the firstborn of everyone in this nation." If you don't, and the only way I'm not going to do it, firstborn male, not female, firstborn male. And the only way I'm not going to do it, is, the only way you can be saved is if you if you put, if you paint blood. You, you sacrifice a lamb, and you paint blood on the door on the. I'll call it the doorpost. You know, above the above the door. What's that called? The. You know what I'm talking about like above the door, doorpost. And so, anyway, so, and, 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 if, and, and he said when the Holy Spirit comes through, and he sees that, you know, when the Spirit comes through to do this, when he sees that, he'll pass over your house, hence Passover. And it's a celebrated thing because it came through, and it's really ultimately what made Pharaoh say, okay, I give up, right? Get rid of them. Get out of my life. Go away, right? And so that happens, and ultimately we always talk about, about Moses being the guy, but really God is the one who, got, who freed them, but Moses led them out. So it was like none other. It was, pretty, it was pretty severe. So that was their way. Again, blood led the way. We see that throughout the Bible. Um, somebody once told me, they said that the, blood is, um, the, the Bible has red from cover to cover. It's covered in it because the blood just runs through the Bible. And it's just one of those things that we can't get away from. So if you look in Exodus chapter 12, verse 13, it said, the uh, blood will be a sign for you on your houses where you are. And when I see the blood... I will pass over you, and no destructive plague will touch you when I strike Israel. I'm sorry, Israel, Egypt. Pardon me, Lord. I didn't mean that one. When I strike Egypt, because Israel is what he was protecting. So that's Exodus chapter 12, verse 13. So he establishes Passover, and it's, the reason is he wants you, and he wants me, and he wants the Israelites to remember this day. Don't forget this day. It's kind of like a lot of people, uh, what we do communion for. Don't forget what happened on that day that Jesus said, start this, do this in remembrance of me. When he has Passover, we need to remember, too, that that was a big deal, and he wanted his, the children and the men and the women and every, everybody to remember this. So Passover's been set up for that reason. And so we can see he says this in Exodus 12, 14, the very next verse, this is a day you are to commemorate. From, for the generations to come you shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord, a lasting ordinance, and that's the reason Jesus finds himself in Jerusalem. That's the reason he's there. But we see him entering Jerusalem to observe his very last Passover on this earth. By the way, it's his his last one. Uh, It's the first day of the week, and it's what we refer to as Palm Sunday. And so the reason we have palms, I didn't do it this year with the kids, because I didn't want the kids beating you up with the palm leaves when you walked in, because that happens a lot, you know. But they they were coming in, and as Jesus was entering in, I don't want to get on myself, they were calling out to him and calling him, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. And I'll explain that a little bit more in a minute. But this particular Passover would be so different, like none other. And he was going to about, he's about to be crucified. Nailed to a cross, and then placed in a grave. An old rugged cross as our Passover lamb. That's pretty important for you to understand something about that. And so, anyway, so we're going to be looking at Jesus, what they call the triumphant entry into Jerusalem, and uh, there's three things that we, I'm going to kind of focus in on with that triumph of entry. triumph you ever have a word you really can't say that well? Triumphant entry. you got to just really think about it real hard to say it. So he, he, here's the thing. He didn't come as a political king. They thought he was, remember I told you that they had been under bondage with the pharaoh and, and all that, and now they're finding themselves kind of under, not really captivity, but, well, they really don't have the freedoms they would like under the Roman rule, you know, and it's pretty oppressive. Uh, they can still worship. They can do different things like that. That's not, that's not stopped, but you know, they just don't have, they're, they're not, they're not the, the Israel, if that makes sense. You know, they didn't have their own land. They, they were just, they were kind of trapped and, and stuck there. And they, they were just under, in other words, oppression. That's the word we should use, Roman oppression, maybe if I didn't use that. But Jesus came in all humility. And, and I, we need to understand that because the way he entered speaks volumes, just really just shouts about who Jesus is the way he came in. And the way he came in is p- simply was set up, and it was fulfillment of Scripture. You need to understand something. Um, everything that's happened with Jesus was fulfillment of Scripture. He fulfilled, geez, I always forget. It's like 30-something uh, prophecies. And they say the likelihood of f- fulfilling even one of those is like winning the lottery 20 times. Which, how often do we win the lottery? Or something like that. It's probably not at all, hardly. But, the point is this. It's, it's, it's very unlikely that they would be that they would be uh, fulfilled. But he fulfilled them. And so he tells two of his disciples, got to slow myself down, because I, I, ex- I, I get excited about the story. Any of you guys get excited about the, these stories? So anyway, he, ha- he tells two of his disciples, he said, uh, I need you to go find a colt for me, for me, and so I can ride it into the city. A colt, a baby, a baby donkey. You know." So they were like, okay, well, how are we going to do that? And he explains to them, just tell them the Lord has need of it. I don't know about you, but I'm not sure, you know, somebody walks up and wants to, take, wants to hijack my, my pony or whatever, my, my, my baby donkey. I'm not sure. I'm going to go, yeah, sure. Why do you want it again? Well, the Lord has needs of it. Oh, well, that just settles it. Okay, go ahead and take it away. But, you know, they did. And that's what happened. And they said the Lord needs it. They got it. They, they let it back. And they threw some coats on the back or some cloths on the, on the donkey, and he rode it in. He rode the donkey in to Jerusalem. And as he's writing it in, it says this. This is something, it says this was in, done all in fulfillment of Zechariah. Uh, by the way, all that I was just talking to was in Luke chapter 19, verses 32 to 35. Or that's what I'm going to read to you now. It says, this was all done in fulfillment of Zechariah in Scripture, which prophesied of the Christ. We see here that Christ's promise is certain. It's certain. So it says, rejoice. Here we go. Rejoice, Zechariah 9.9. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you righteous and having salvation, gently and ri- gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. I-, I want you to know something. Everything that's in the Bible is truth. We have truth. We can turn to it, and, and the Bible is truth. And what we're reading there is truth. And every promise, every single thing that we get uh, from- in the Bible, every promise is fulfilled. So we know that it's true we, so it's certain we know it's certain, and it's fulfilled if it said if they were giving a pro, given a promise, and so we know that this was a promise to the, the coming Messiah about pardon me about the coming Messiah, and he was going to and he was meant to fulfill every single thing to to every little minute detail, the smallest even detail because it was important, and so understanding that we see this and we see I just read to you Zechariah. So he rides this donkey, the king of kings, the lord of lords rides in on a donkey, a baby donkey at that, and that just shows the humility of who he was, and humanity also, humility and humanity, he was also, he was God, but he was also human, and it just showed that how incredible he was, but people, when he was walking in, they were taking palm leaves, and they were spreading them out on the road, and they were taking their jackets, or I say jackets, but... The cloaks, and throwing them down, and they were, they were crying out, Hosanna, Hosanna, in the highest. Basically, they were calling him king. You see, they knew the promises, and they were thinking this promise was going to be that Jesus was coming to release them from the political garbage they found themselves in. Does that sound familiar or something today? We have a lot of politicians promising a lot of things, but they're not our savior. And so we have a lot of that stuff going on. But so he rides this donkey in. He declares that he is the king of kings and that he brings grace and peace. Grace and peace. And he does it in such a way that they're just like, whoa. And as we talk next week, I'll share a little bit more about, you know, what went down with him. But I want you to understand something. We need to hang on to the promises that are certain in God's word. Hang on to those promises because they, they are certain. His commitment to us is certain. I don't know if I said that, but Christ's commitment to us is certain. You know, if, if the word of God, by the way, is the word of Christ. Did you guys know that? When you, look at, when you read the chapter, first chapter of John, we find out that Jesus is God. We find out that he was there with creation. He was there in the beginning. He was there with all of it. They call that the... Oh, I forget. I don't want to say it because I'll, I'll say it wrong. I was going to think of it like proto-something, but I don't... Something different, so that's not right. But anyway... It was before he became pre-incarnate, right? Pre- pre-incarnate, yeah, that's it. Before he became human. So he was there, enlarged and in charge, even back then. So Christ and God, Christ and the Father, and the Holy Spirit are all one. Don't let that trip you out too bad, because it trips me out all the time. It's like, what, how can that be? It's one of those things that's really difficult to explain. You just understand it, and you just take it for truth. But anyway, the Word of God is true, and if you meditate on it, or study it look at it don't i'm not talking about ohm you know i'm talking about actually getting into the bible and reading it and focusing on the words some people are in such a rush to read through the entire bible they skip so much you ever you ever anybody in here a quick reader like can go like like that and read not me either i can't i have to like slow down and then reread it again to make sure i got it and then so you have to make sure i can read pretty fast but when i read pretty fast i i, I skim over it and i miss a lot See, when we we meditate on the Word of God, which is the most important thing in our life, it's our guideline. It's our guideline to everything. And it's certain. The promises we find inside of there are certain. And when we meditate on those, everything, everything around you may fail you, but Christ never will. And so God's Word will never fail you. So be a person, be someone who reads the Word. Read it, study it, know it live it and and that last part live it a lot of us have a hard time with that one but as you do this it'll be you'll see scripture fulfilled in your life you'll see things come to life in front of you that you never thought would happen before because remember christ's commitment to you is certain it's going to happen and it's not dependent on on you being good or bad it's dependent on him and his goodness and his gracious and his mercy yeah, thank you, Jesus, because it was left up to us. We'd be trouble. would would be any good at all. You will find fulfillment. The second part I wanted to talk to you about is Christ's worship is certain. And, you know, we, we think of just singing as worship a lot of times, because I think it's just what the church says. Oh, okay, let's all stand up and worship together. I don't know if you realize, but what we're doing right now is considered worship. listening to the word of God, studying the word of God together, talking about the word of God together, being together, going to small groups, going to church, going anything you talk about is all worship of God. We are worshiping our Savior right now by learning and hearing about him together, thinking about him. Hopefully the Holy Spirit as I'm talking is blurting my voice out from you and you're hearing him. And you are in complete worship with God, with Jesus. And so he came to a place where the road, it goes to the Mount of Olives, and the whole crowd began to, to cry. I just started to say, they used to cry out in loud voices for, because they had seen him do miracle after miracle. Has anybody here ever seen a true miracle? I think I, think I have. I, I, I know I have. Um, I'll just say it real easy. If you look at your kids, you see a miracle. But if you look in the mirror, yeah, you see a miracle. The fact that you woke up today is a miracle just think about the things that we always go well i don't know i worship god because i can breathe right now you ever been to a place where you couldn't breathe how about you ever talk somebody that had covid and couldn't breathe or uh lung problems i'm trying to i had it on my mind but it went away my dad had uh, had it and had emphysema that's the word and let me tell you when you can't take in a good breath of air you really wish you could, and you will you will praise Jesus when you can. So, but let me just say this. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. So his disciples were yelling that out. They were so excited about this. They were thinking peace was finally theirs, right? Luke 19, 37 to 38. The Pharisees saw all that was happening. These people were enamored. That's a good word to use. They were enamored. with was what was happening? with what they saw who this, this man do that they've never seen before. They've never heard before. And so this is what they said. They said, uh, the Pharisees saw all that was happening and how Christ was being praised and is coming into the name of the Lord. And they complained to Jesus about it saying, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. I want you to know that we will worship Jesus. And if you refuse to do it, guess what? You're going to be replaced by a rock. And not the rock like this, you know. <laughs> ah, that's not me, I don't know what you. Or the movie. The words, the words that we, the things that we see in the Bible are so incredible. The words that we practice, the words that we, we, the words that we listen to, the words that we hear, the words that we say, the words that we sing. I don't know about you, but music changes me. I listen to it along with when I'm not watching uh, somebody else like Bobby preach or somebody else uh, I listen to worship music when I'm writing my message or when I'm just all the time I just do it all the time and sometimes I don't listen to this worship music so I'm just going to be honest it's not it's not metallic or anything like that oh well you know maybe no it's not but we've all got a place that we go to but the Bible takes us to a place that's the best it's incredible If you if you don't spend time reading it, I want to challenge you, kids, youth, adults, everybody. I want to challenge you. Hopefully, you've been reading Acts. We did that because Acts is such a great book to read. It's easy to read. It's a simple book. Uh, It's full of action. I mean, you got it. You name it, it's there. But if you pay attention and you meditate on it, it'll change your life. It changed mine. And I guarantee you, if I was to ask people to hold their hands up to say who, you know, you would say, yep, me too. Me too. And because of that, we worship Jesus. Everything, everything in the Bible is in line with, with uh, that Jesus said is in line with the scope of Scripture. Everything that happened, the, all the things that went down, the statement about creation, all the things that they said in the beginning, and in the beginning, all of that. And when you look at the Scriptures, and you understand it, you see it, you you just see the world differently. If you read Genesis, how many of you have actually read Genesis, not just heard somebody else read it? When you read Genesis, and you see where God just created people, us, out of nothing, out of dirt. He formed man out of dirt. And then the Bible says he breathed life into man. I gotta tell you, that doesn't mesh with evolution. Evolution, they said that it happened over a long period of time, and you know, whatever else. It's a big difference between the two. And uh, I think it's important that we understand that. Because that causes me to, to worship a creator who created me specifically, individually, and perfectly. I'm not like everybody else. And I didn't just evolve from, from some lower creature. I was created specifically the way I am today, man was created specifically with intelligence and to worship God, period. So when we look at the scriptures and we see it, creation, we find creation itself is not even in obedience to Jesus. Open your Bibles, I don't know if I have it up there because I I added this, sorry, didn't have you guys do it on purpose because I didn't want to get you guys today. But uh, open your Bibles to Mark chapter 4, it won't be on the screen. Mark chapter 4, verses 35 to 41. I'll give you a minute to get there. Mark is Matthew Mark. So it's the second book of the New Testament. And we're going to be in the fourth chapter. And we're going to start in verse 35. So the word says this. That day, when the evening came... Let me just explain. Jesus had been doing a lot of teaching. So he said we have to go to the other side of the the lake or the, the water... So he said, "That day, when evening came, he said to his disciples, "Let us go to the other side." Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, and just as he was in the boat sticker stuck uh, on there were also boats with him. And it says a furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly, that it was nearly swamped. And Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. And the disciples woke him and said to him, "Teacher, don't you care if we drowned? Don't you care if we drown? He got up and rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died, the wind died down, and it was completely calm. And his disciples said to, he said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Verse 41 says, they were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. He had control over nature, creation. He told it to stop. He wasn't scared of it. But he did it for, his, for, the, for those who were with him. He said, who is this? Who is this? Have you ever asked yourself, who is Jesus? Seriously. Not just going through the motions of every day, just going, oh, yeah, I know Jesus. Or yelling, hey, Jesus, right? You ask kids a question in the Bible in Sunday school or whatever, they're going to say, Jesus. It's always the answer. They're usually right if you say Jesus just about every time. <laughs> but he's so much more than just a character on page. He, he's not a story, a fictional character. He's a real person who died for you and for me who created those, the wind and the waves and has control over the wind and the waves. You get it? So what do you, what do you think about Jesus? Who is this Jesus? Well, let me tell you, the praise of Jesus is certain. And even in the midst of those who refuse to praise him, he will still be praised. As a matter of fact, this just hit me right now. The Bible says that all every knee will bow... And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So there's going to come a day that every single person that has ever lived on this planet, has ever done or been around, and even at the moment when Jesus comes back, every knee is going to bow to Jesus and recognize and acknowledge who he is. The King of kings, the Lord of lords, the one who's bled for us and died for us and suffered for us and rose from the dead for us and defeated sin, death, and hell forever. Guys, I, I, hate to tell, I don't hate to tell you this, but I need you to understand something. When Jesus died, he defeated hell. You don't belong there. He doesn't want you there. He hates the fact that you're going to end up there if you don't listen to, if you don't accept him and receive him. He says he's the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him. John 14, 6. He is the guy. And because of that, we will worship him. It's certain it's going to happen even in the midst of those who don't. I've been in rooms where people make you feel really weird and strange when you, when you bow your head and pray. I, we do it every, rest, every time. It's not for show. Although sometimes I'm so hungry, I'm like, "Dear Lord, thank you for the food, amen. Start digging in, right? He'll forgive you later. But I want you to know both human and nature will exalt him. This earth, this planet, this, this place we live yearns to be made back to what it was before sin entered it it wants to be what it was it doesn't like the earthquakes or the floods or the extreme weather or any of that someday that's all going to be perfected again just like it was before the flood and there'll be tomatoes the size of a truck that's what, I've, that's what I've been told anyway I haven't seen them yet that'd be pretty cool to have seen how would you feel about that Tomatoes forever. So, when you look at Scripture, through all of it, nature and creation is always in obedience to Jesus. It's always in obedience to Jesus. And so, um, the praise of Jesus is certain. The rocks will cry out in worship if we don't. They're going to cry out in worship if we don't. And I'm not about to be outdone by some rocks. I want to praise my Savior. I don't know about you, but I want to praise my Savior. I don't want any stinking rocks to do it. So keep, your praise, keep that on your hearts and your lips and do it. Praise him wherever you are. Worship him wherever you are. Give Jesus his due. And it doesn't matter who's in the room with you. Show them how much you love Jesus and praise him. Because he's worth it. I praised him when they washed my car yesterday because it was finally clean after six months. I'll wait till the next year probably and when they do another one I'll have it cleaned again then. That's the only thing that holds it together, I think, sometimes, is the dirt. Anyway, I digress. So we praise him in the morning, we praise him in the noontime, praise him in the, how's that go? That was a song. Praise him in the noontime, praise him in the morning, praise him in supper time, I think or something, I don't know. I like the supper time better, you know? And you guys, you guys know that song, right? Does anybody know that? Okay. I, I wasn't going crazy there. I wasn't making it up, I promise. What'd you say? Praise the sun goes down. Yeah, that's what it is. But I like supper time better. Suppertime, yeah, I don't know. Say, because anyway, I get myself in so much trouble. So he's our Passover lamb that saved us from death, hell, and the grave. That's what he did. And the last part I want to talk to you about is probably, probably one of the hardest ones for people to accept because they don't see themselves in this way. But Christ's love is certain. His love is certain. And so, I want you to hear this one. Luke chapter nineteen, verse forty-one. It should be on the screen. I hope. Hope I gave it to you guys. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it. He wept over it. And and many people talk about that. They don't they don't get it. Why would he weep over Jerusalem? Well, he knew it was about to happen. But it's a glorious picture of our Passover lamb who's ultimately heading to a cross crying over this city. His city. Let's just say it like that. His city. It's not because the buildings or organizations or, or anything is going to be torn down. He's not, gonna, he's not crying because of the mistreatment that he's, he's had at the hands of people He's not crying for those reasons. Jesus is weeping for the people. He's crying for the people. Do you know Jesus cries for you, too? He cried for you. You See, his heart's crying out for the people. Why is he, why exactly? Why was he crying out? Why, Why was he crying? We don't read too often that Jesus cried. Like a couple of times. Well, Paul says it best, because it was anguish over his people, the, the Israeli, Israel, Israel, the Jewish nation, sorry, pardon me. He, Paul says this, and, and Jesus kind of is the way to here for this. He says, for I wish, Romans 9, 3 to 5, for, if I, for I could wish that I myself, this is Paul saying this, were cursed and cut off from Christ. For the sake of my people Remember Paul was an uh, Israelite Those of my own race The people of Israel said theirs is the adoption to sonship Theirs is the divine glory The covenants The receiving of the law The temple worship and the promises Theirs are the patriarchs And from them is traced human ancestry Of the Messiah Who is God over all forever praised. amen You see For so long for so long, God had been in a unique and special, and just just a unique relationship with Israel. So so different, so touch and go at sometimes too. But He loved. He created. They were. His, they are. And they, they're not. They weren't. It's not were His. They are His chosen people. Don't don't go around saying were. They are. I need to underscore that and, and circle that and put exclamation points. You see, the Jews, to the Jews was given all that Pi, Pi, Paul writes about: the adoption as sons of God, to dwelling of the glory, the, the dwelling of the glory of God with with them. They had God's glory with them. They traveled with His glory in front of them. It led them to the places they needed to go. The the covenants that were given to him, we'll just say those are promises, but they're even deeper than a promise. You do this, and you do this, and you do this, and I promise you this is what's going to happen. And some of the, they were all different kinds of covenants. And then he had uh, some other places, and then he had uh, the law. A lot of people get down on the law, but the law is perfect, the way it's written, and it's perfect for people. The law, the, the book of the law, which is written in the Old Testament in the beginning, the temple and true worship and, the, and Christ and the Christ, the Messiah himself. They have all of that. If there were any, any people on the face of the earth that should have been prepared for the coming of the Christ, it was the Israelites. They, should, they were waiting for this moment. They, they were waiting for the moment when he would arrive and they had, they had the way, the understanding of how it was. All they had to do is, is go here. And find it. Well, they didn't have a Bible like this, but, you know, had scrolls and they could find the truth. And go through and say, okay, well, yeah, this, this, that, that, just, holy cow. He is the Messiah. But they rejected him. It was these Israelites that God held his hand out through all the ages. He led them out of slavery. He brought them out of captivity. He did all of these things for them over and over again, and they're wonderful people. See, Isaiah 65, 1 and 2 says this, I revealed myself to those who did not ask for me. I was found by those who did not seek me, to a nation that did not call on my name. I said, here am I, here am I. All day long I have held out my hands to an obstinate people who walk in ways not good, pursuing their own imaginations. And, and now we have the greatest prophet of all, ever to be sent to Israel, the God-man, Jesus Christ. Only to be rejected. And that's why he cried. That's why he wept over the, over the city. Remember, Jesus is still God. Jesus still knew what was happening. He's sovereign. He knows the intents of man's heart. He knows what you're thinking right now. If you're thinking about going out to eat after I'm finished preaching, if you're like, hurry up and stop, he knows that. He knows what you're thinking. He knows the cries of our hearts, and he knows he knows those who won't taste of salvation, and he cries, and we should too. He chose to he chose to be the Passover Lamb, so that we could be saved. People could be saved from death, hell, and the grave. When I was younger, the grave scared me to death, no pun intended. I didn't like the fact that I always thought, you just stop and close your eyes, you know, and and you're in the dark for the rest of your, forever after that, or or, or what? It scared me, the grave scared me. Then I grew up and started thinking I was invincible and did dumb things that should have put me in the grave. But the grave's a scary place for a lot of people. But I want you to hear this. The grave only holds this clay body. It doesn't hold your spirit. That that part of you leaves the minute you die. And that's why it's so important that you take advantage of what you can while you're here. Because once once you die, once you die, it's too late. You can't change anything. However, you can choose Jesus now, before the grave. And we could say, Live your life for Jesus. Stay full of his word. Shout praises to his name because he's worthy of it all. Amen? And all praise to Jesus. Hosanna, which is what they were crying out. Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. All praise belongs to Jesus. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Folks, Jesus is the answer to all the suffering in the world. Yet we somehow don't see that all the time. Can I ask you something? Well, you don't have to answer me. I'm just going to say it out. I don't want all you yelling back at me. What scares you? Seriously. What about Jesus scares you? What about the Bible scares you? What about any of this scares you? I know uh, several people who are scared, they don't like hearing about the book of Revelation. It scares them. It's the end times. But you don't need to be scared of it. You just need Jesus. And let me tell you something. The end times are all for the, for the Jewish nation to come back and be rescued. That's a simple way of saying it. Someday I'll preach it. Today is Palm Sunday. It represents a promise. It represents things that are certain. It represents that Christ's commitment to us is certain. It, it shows us that his worship is, uh, worship of Jesus is certain, and it shows us that His love is certain, and He does not want you to go to the grave without Him. And so, today, instead of having, you know, uh, how we normally do, it, I'm just gonna I'm gonna give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. And if you already have said yes to Jesus, I'm gonna give you an opportunity with your heads bowed and your eyes closed to just talk to Him. And I don't, I'm I'm just trusting that the Holy Spirit's gonna guide you to what you need to say. I'm not going to tell you what to say. I, I don't know what's happening in everybody's specific life, even though some people say, you got in my head. I don't know how to do that. That's not me. I, don't, I can't do that. I just live life, too, like you do, and I've, I do things just like you do. Put on, I put my pants on one leg at a time, just like you. Somebody got that, finally. Here's the deal. Have you received Jesus? Have you? Online, if you? Have you? Anybody that's going to watch this later, have you received Jesus? If you have, what scares you? You don't need to be afraid. If you haven't, I would be afraid. I wouldn't take chances. Because if you, don't, if you know anything, life is not certain. This life could end at any moment. There's a football player who just passed away in Florida. Uh, he's twenty-four? Twenty-four years old. Trying to for some reason trying to cross the interstate highway. But he died. He had everything in front of him. He was a star quarterback. He was gonna be he was gonna be the man. I pray every day that I pray that he I prayed to Jesus before that happened. Let me read Philippians 2, 9 to 11 before I have you guys bow your heads. So praise team, if you guys want to come up, just play a little bit. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Christ's love is certain. You're found in Christ. See, you can know for sure. It just takes a simple. I'm not the one who saves you. Nobody else is. God is the one who saves you. The Holy Spirit talks to you. And he might be talking to you right now. Especially if you're a believer already. It's probably he could be talking he should be talking to you right now. If you're not, he should be talking to you right now. This is this is a matter of life and death. So can I pray for you? Would you pray with me? So I would like you to just bow your heads and just close your eyes. Just I want you to focus on Jesus right now and the Lord, not me. Not so much my voice, because I'm going to do it too. I'm going to give you a few minutes, but I'm going to pray, and I'm going to give you a couple of, a minute or two to talk to God yourself. And then I'm going to give you an opportunity to cry out to Jesus and receive him as Savior, if you haven't already. And then I'm gonna, we're going to pray together, uh, if you've already done that, but pray together about some things that he might be able to do. So let's pray. Lord, I just thank you for this wonderful day. I thank you, God, for what you've done for us. I thank you that most of all, your love is certain. Your word is true. And you didn't, you, you didn't come for no reason. You died for us all for a reason. Jesus, speak to everyone in this room today through your Holy Spirit. Convince their hearts. Open their hearts. The Bible calls it hardening of hearts. Soften their hearts. Soften all of our hearts. Help us to be ready to hear from you today, right now, as we spend a few minutes focused on you with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. We're going to take a couple of minutes and just talk to you, God. I just want to thank you. And I cry out to you, God. Forgive me for the times I failed you. you. guide me to the places that I need to be in. I pray the same for everyone in this room. I pray for those in this room that may not have received your son Jesus as Lord and Savior yet. I pray that they could do that today. And you just cry out. So if you're here today and you haven't received Jesus, just cry out and say, Heavenly Father, thank you jesus thank you for dying on the cross for me i receive you i turn for my sin and i turn to you jesus jesus be lord of my life thank you father i just pray and thank you for anyone who may have just prayed that prayer and meant it from the very bottom of their heart their spiritual soul father i pray for those who have already done that and find themselves in a place that they just don't see you right now. They, they don't find themselves worshiping you every single second of every day. As a matter of fact, they find themselves sad, unfulfilled, and unhappy. And so Lord, I'm praying for each person that feels that way possibly. And even those who don't that are new you and are living a great life any moment life could change, may we be living the best life, the best life we can live for you. That means we just serve you, and we worship you, and we focus on you. Help us to find you, help us to follow you, and help us to live with you. Lord, I pray this all in Jesus' precious and holy a saving hand. Everybody says Amen. Let's go ahead and sing.
1: Everyone needs compassion, love that's never failing. When mercy fall on me, everyone needs forgiveness. Kindness of the Savior, the hope of nations. Savior, he can move the mountains. My God is mighty to save, he is mighty to save. salvation he rose and conquered the grave jesus conquered the grave so take me as you find me all my fears and failures Again, I give my life to follow Everything I believe in Now I surrender I surrender Oh Savior He can move the mountains My God is mighty to save He is mighty to save The whole world see, sing it for the glory of the risen, King. Jesus. Shine your light and let the whole world see. Sing it for the glory of the risen. King. Shine your light. Jesus, shine your light and let the whole world see. Sing it for the glory.
3: Today, God bless each and every person and be with those who weren't able to make it bless them too, wherever they are God we love you we praise you thank you in Jesus precious and holy and healing name I pray and everyone says amen have a good day everyone don't forget tonight 6 p.m.